0: Welcome to Checkmates Go, Season 2, Episode 36. We've all made mistakes in our IT career, and we're going to hear from a couple people. Uh, so Stacy Dunn is going to be talking to Tracy Sargent and Jeremiah Robinson.
1: I would like to introduce my next speaker, who is one of the most empathetic and just has the most emotional intelligence of anyone that I know, and just, you know, regular intelligence too. Not to, you know, like say it's either or, it's both. Um, So go ahead, Tracy, let everyone know who you are.
2: (laughs) For a second, I thought you changed the lineup because you certainly couldn't be talking about me.
1: Oh, come Uh,
2: on. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, My name is Tracy John Sargent. I am currently a security engineer for Checkpoint. I have the wonderful privilege of working with Stacy and a lot of other talented people, uh, albeit in a different region. So I'm based out of Iowa. I'm a Midwest guy. I've been here my whole life. I've been in IT for about 26 years. Um, and throughout that, I've I've held a lot of different uh, types of roles. Um, you know, I've been a, a, a desktop engineer. I've been network. I've done uh, database. I feel like I have a pretty good uh, sampling of what goes on in the IT ecosystem. And when Stacy asked me to come up with a horror story, I kind of searched my brain and went into my deep memory bank and tried to think of like the worst thing that's happened or the, the worst uh, memory that I have. And I came up with this. Um, a Few years ago, uh, I worked for a privately held manufacturing uh, company uh, that had a very small IT shop. Uh, and when I say small, I think there were six people total uh, in the entire IT organization and that included the CIO. Uh, I reported to the manager that reported to the CIO, so I was two steps removed, uh, or actually one step removed from the from the CIO. Uh, but I didn't feel comfortable voicing my concerns, and and I say that really just to lay the groundwork for how things actually played out in this scenario, and and how they clearly could have been different uh, if I had had the. Uh, The gumption to to stand up and actually say something so being a manufacturing company there are a number of cnc machinists a lot of people out on the plant floor uh, and not so much in terms of physical security people badged in in the morning you walk out into the plant floor and you may not have ever left aside from us checking the uh the logout um you know when you swipe out we have no idea where you are or what you're doing So we had a CNC machinist that actually uh, attached uh, a device to one of the CNC machines. Uh, Allegedly, it was from uh, the manufacturer. Uh, And this was just kind of a basic network device. Uh, What we found out later is that it had a SIM card uh, inside of it that would allow, uh, in theory, the vendor to gain remote access. So uh, we didn't have an exception policy. Again, small IT shop, you don't really squabble over uh, when people want to do things that go against your better judgment. Uh, If they can justify it from a production or a business perspective, you usually let those things go through. Uh, So we, you know. unwillingly allowed this person to attach this device. Uh, And then of course, in manufacturing, a lot of other businesses, we had some downsizing. Uh, And that particular CNC machinist was let go. Apparently was not happy about being let go. And uh, the next thing we know, there's an undisclosed amount of material that had been uh, wasted. It was essentially destroyed because the uh, CNC job that was sent was somehow corrupted. It had been altered. Uh, and, you know, doing our forensics, my attempt to do forensics, we found out that that person had actually used uh, the SIM card to gain remote access to this networking device uh, and access the CNC files, which was his skill. Uh, and made some changes uh, because he wanted to get back at his manufacturing uh, employer for letting him go. He felt like that was, uh, he was somehow wronged in in the business decision to let him go. So uh, we, we had to go through all of this. Uh, you know, you do the forensics, you explain to uh, management what happened. Uh, usually someone is going to pay the price, right? These types of things, uh, someone usually loses their job, but uh, surprisingly, that didn't happen. Uh, the CIO really liked my manager and felt that uh, his optimism and his uh, willingness to always see the best in people, um, and and did not want to acknowledge that you know your biggest threat is your internal uh, resources. So uh, he was able to keep his job, uh, but uh, we, I ultimately tried to argue with the owners that we should implement some security. Basic things, right? Knack, do some network access control. You know, this is, you know, quite a few years ago, so IoT and OT discovery wasn't really a thing uh, back then, but we could have uh, found some solutions that allowed us to detect what was actually on the network and what types of uh, IoT devices were there. Uh, but despite you know the, the money that it cost them, they were still unwilling to fund uh, anything uh, security related, uh, no CISO, no security analyst, uh, network engineer was essentially responsible for all security. Uh, And uh, when I left that company, they still had not implemented any tools or things that would actually prevent something like that from happening. I think the the lesson here there's many of them right uh there was a local admin on the account that should never have been allowed to to happen um their process for assessing uh the tools that they used including the network hardware was always low cost provider Uh, they didn't really take an analytic approach to identifying what their needs were uh, it was just very basic. you know, we submitted bid requests, and these are the lowest people, and that's usually what they went with. Uh, so that should be a cautionary tale uh, to people listening not to go with low cost provider. Uh, take a look at what you actually need uh, and make sure that that tool uh, can provide that. Um, and you know, really, uh, you know, try to put policies in place. Uh, there should be an official exception policy. You know, there are a number of people that lost their jobs, there was no documentation, there was no way to really trace back what had happened. Uh, You know, we really only got lucky in narrowing down the CNC machine when we identified uh, that it was the one that had produced all these uh, uh, faulty parts um, that, that cost the company quite a bit of money, so... Uh, I, I think that that should be scary for everyone to know that that stuff still exists. It happens every day uh, in companies, both big and small. Uh, and so we hopefully will learn from these lessons and and not uh, make the same mistakes.
1: I am like hyperventilating, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... That is that is such a good story about insider threat, you know, detailing that and about like revenge. It's not something that a lot of people really consider. That's always on the table and that's always an option. Uh, I know it's something that Joe and I used to talk about too. Is like how to detect, you know, what someone might do because you never really know. It's kind of you know you have to implement that sort of zero trust atmosphere too. And I don't even think that was a, a thought at that time. And it's so great that we're sharing like all these you know real life and really raw stories in a way that's like really valuable and helpful um and uh you know the next valuable and helpful person who i like to consider a wizard of narration uh, specifically is jeremiah
0: thank you stacy i'm jeremiah robinson i am a security engineer for a financial company now um Back when this happened, I was a network admin slash sysadmin admin uh, for a, a company. I, I swear I must have worked with Tracy and didn't know it. Uh, we didn't spend any money on anything that we could avoid. Um, so, you know, IT and and security was just uh, it was kind of afterthought. Oh, we have to do this, so we'll spend that money. But otherwise, it was never never a, a priority to the company. And this story actually happened in in an October. Uh, I was I'm at home uh, on, a, on a weekend uh, doing some work around the house, and I get a call from a coworker, and he's like, hey, man, we've, we've been hit with some sort of attack, and uh, he said, I, I need some help. So I, I run into the office, and I'm just I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to find? But it, honestly, it was worse than I could have imagined because, I mean, everything was just down. I mean, the servers were all down and crashed, and the internet was offline because he was trying to you know slow down what was going on. So we started just kind of combing through what was what was even available, if anything could be salvaged and I managed to find an ad controller that somehow hadn't been touched. Uh, so we we took it and reassumed the physical roles and we started pulling domain functionality back up and then we started trying to bring up everything else that we could. Um, turns out pretty much nothing was salvageable. Um, all the servers had been crashed and and the uh disks were wiped and uh it was just catastrophic so we started pulling in all the tapes we had to go find the last month uh backups and load those up and we're trying to restore you know a whole server and uh that's when we realized hey our our tape backups are set for uh file level and not block level so we've got to rebuild the server first and we you know, spend 10 or 12 hours rebuilding a couple servers, getting them all patched. And then we start restoring the files. And uh, about 12 hours in, after all the, all the files are restored, uh, the server's been really flaky, and we can't figure out why. And uh, we're like, oh, well, maybe it's just got a bunch of sessions open and stuff from from uh, the file restore. So let's let's reboot the thing, and it just blue screens. So we're like, what, what in the world happened? Uh, so we go back to the, the tape backup options and we see that, you know, we'd, we'd restored the system state of the old server on top of the new server. So it made it unstable. So we rebuilt it again. And, uh, then we (laughs) after another about 12 hours and we're a couple of days later than we expected to be at this point. Um, we were able to get everything back up on that server and, uh. So then we started looking at individual desktops because we're afraid. Hey, we don't know how how rampant this virus has been. You know what all it's going kind to of have touched. And everybody, you know, the company just left their system on all night over the weekend. You know, never shut it down, or rebooted unless they had to. So uh, we're worried about you know a reinfection of the server that we've got up. So we go through the building and just start shutting everything down and unplugging it. About 300 systems and. Uh, then uh, once we get everything offline and we're, we're you know, reasonably certain that nothing else can reinfect our, our gear that we do have working, we just load up a whole bunch of flash drives with all the all the virus scanners and everything we can think of and just start going system by system throughout the office and loading it up one at a time and, and running the scanners to see, you know, if, if the system's clean, if it has anything left on it plug it back in so people can get back to work. And uh, it it took several days of going through this to get everything back online. And, uh, you know, uh, it really took a a lot of time to restore most of the functionality to the company. And uh, I I know that it took months for everything to come back, but uh, there was a lot of stuff that was just completely lost forever because. You know, we didn't really think about uh, any sort of security or or even basic. I mean, our firewall was just, you know, very basic and no real decent uh, antivirus or anything was in place. So, you know, I'd say the biggest lessons that I learned throughout this thing, um, I mean, there were so many, but um, I got to design and deploy you know, most of the new security measures that we did put in place, uh, which was great because I know without this event happening, we would have never done that. Um, the company would have never spent the money, but they, they saw after this catastrophic event that, Hey, we're going to have to do something at least. Um, so I got a lot of experience and in, in setting everything up. And, um, I, I would say that the biggest thing I learned is, uh, you know, the old adage is backup, 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 which I agree with, but also, you know, you got to restore, 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 and make sure that your restores are going to work and that you have what you think you have.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and I know in terms of backup, you know, we were talking about forensics and stuff like that earlier, too. Um Backing up is always important, but it's not the only step. And I think that that's another thing that you know we're kind of revealing is that it's this multifaceted thing. It's not just you know one solution. It's not just one thing. You do have to have not only a combination of solutions, um, but also you have to have user education. You have to have a certain level of awareness and access control vendor management all these things work together under the same umbrella. Um, And it's a lot of, and I've, I've found this to be true. A lot of companies think that, Oh, you know, I have a firewall. That's enough. Right. And it's like, no, you know, Joe mentioned makeshift firewalls. You're mentioning like stuff that's, you know, you kind of just cobble it together and that doesn't really work. You have to have something that's enterprise grade for an enterprise. Um, And, Another thing that I that I know that we've talked on, because some people were talking about ransomware uh, and things like that, it's like, not only do you have to have those, you know, whether it's a software or whether it's, you know, um, a cold stone firewall is you do have to have protections for your email and education for those users. So those are all super important aspects of this. Thanks for
0: listening to Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Give us a rating and review and share with your colleagues on social media. Thanks for listening.